Hey Beauty Mavens, welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We are so excited that you're here. We are interviewing the LashCon creators today. So let's make sure you know what LashCon is. LashCon is a business conference in Pasadena, California, October 19th through the 21st. It's designed for anyone who has their own business, manages people, or is dreaming of one day starting their own business. We'll be teaching our branding boot camp where you will leave with a list of what you need to complete your brand deck. Pray for us because I will have a newborn and Kristen will only be two weeks postpartum. So, but we are not missing this event for anything. That's how valuable it's going to be. There are 25 other presenters teaching all about how to grow your beauty business. This is not just for lash artists. In fact, only one of the courses will cater specifically to lashers. The rest will be teaching things like how to build your team, pricing services correctly so that you can make a profit, how to improve your website's presence online, getting the most out of Instagram, how to better communicate with your staff, what is team-based pay, understanding accounting and expenses, social media formulas to grow your business, how to do influencer marketing correctly, ways to improve your customer service, and many more topics. There will also be three panels with business owners discussing things like overcoming difficulties in starting their businesses, as well as what it is like to have more than one salon. Plus, Lash Bomb and Lash Anarchist are hosting a party there on Saturday. The price will keep going up as it gets closer, so do not procrastinate. Head over to LashCon.com to purchase tickets. And now let's get right into chatting with today's guest. Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. On the show today, we have the dynamic duo of Paul and Tussany Lubers. Tussany discovered eyelash extensions back in 2005 at a trade show. After working as a trainer for a national brand and taking a year to learn this new craft, in July of 2006, Integrity Lash opened its doors in Pasadena and quickly became the go-to place for lashes in Southern California. For 13 years, Tussany, along with her husband Paul, grew Integrity Lash into a seven-figure salon that was recognized as the premier lash salon in Southern California. During this time, Tessany applied over 22,000 sets of lashes. Holy cow. I can't even. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. And developed a lash style that made Integrity Lash stand out in the sea of sameness. Over the years, Integrity Lash was recognized as one of the best lash salons in Southern California by Vanity Fair, Los Angeles Magazine, Pasadena Magazine, Pasadena Weekly, Brides.com, as well as by many others. For four years, Salon Today chose Integrity Lash as one of the top 200 salons in North America. And in 2017 and 2018, Integrity Lash was also recognized as the best place to work by the Pasadena Weekly. Now, Tessany and Paul host the award-nominated podcast, LashCast Podcast. Along with their co-host, Erica, the crew aims to educate and uplift lash stylists. This twosome regularly speaks at trade shows like the IBS in Vegas and ISSE in Long Beach. And later this year, we'll be hosting the first ever business-only focused Lash Conference, LashCon. Please welcome to the show, Paul and Tessany. Ooh, hey, wow. that was a great intro. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, a little bragging, but no, thank you guys. That's very special. It's actually very exciting to have you guys 
with or us be on your show. You guys were on us last week, so it's cool now to kind of refer you return a favor for us to be with you guys because uh, we've been listening and following you guys for a while too, and it's just cool to be able to hang out with fellow podcasters. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so fun. fun. I know. And yeah, last week you picked our brains, and now it's our turn to pick your brains, and I'm so excited because it's hard, like. <laughs> Not being able to ask the questions because I'm like, hey, I want to know what you guys know. <laughs> so I'm really yes. excited for today. Okay, so we're going to start our show with our high lows. I've got one. Okay. You got one? You I've got one. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like you could chime in right now. I, uh, yeah, I'll share, I'll share my high What's of this high? past week. Well, Paul and I went to a play. It was really fun. Oh. It was called The Play That Went Wrong. It was in, um, was it the LA Times or? Well, it was. What do you mean? Yeah, was that well? It was featured, featured but yeah, but it's a British play, and yeah. it's basically as if the if the Muppets were to run a play, this is what it would look like, and it's just a grown up bunch of people at like a college university level uh, theater troupe. Put on the worst play ever. It's no, I wouldn't history. even say it's university level. It's like high school level, like amateurs, <laughs> like trying to put on a play, and everything goes wrong, and yeah. it's over the top, you know, farcical and slapstick, sla- you know. But it is falls apart. really funny. It's really fun. So yeah, we had a good time that with them. So you stole my high. Oh, was that your high? Yeah. Well, we could be one. Yeah. Like Gosh, one, one high together. Well, what's your low? <laughs> what's my low? I couldn't think of a low. Oh gosh, what's my low? Oh, I know my low is. I mean, really, the last two days I haven't slept. I've I've worked. I've maybe got two, three hours the last two nights because I've been working on LashCon, which I love doing that part, but it comes at a heavy price sometimes when you're trying to get stuff out to people. And not sleeping has been my reward for that. So that's how my law. I'm I'm dragging a little bit the second day without sleeping. Tonight, I don't care what's happening. I'm sleeping. I don't care. Okay. Kids could not eat. I know. I'm sleeping tonight. Yeah. (laughs) That's my law. What's uh, what's your law? Oh, I don't know if I could share this, but well, like I have a, I have a dog poo phobia. (laughs) Okay. And, and so I walked out of the house the other day, you know, just the other day. And I, I looked on the middle of our lawn, there's a pile of dog poop, which is not our, from our dog. So it's like some other dog came and pooped on our lawn lawn and I have to clean it up. And it's like, it, it, it's just, I don't know. For me, that's a total low. I, I'm totally freaked out about it. It's just because I have this weird phobia. So yeah, that is my low. No problem seeing a kid poo back in the day. No, kid poo is okay. You know, man, she'll see it ten walking down the street. She'll see it like a mile away. There's poo. Watch it. Don't don't step in that. It's like, whoa. Okay, okay. You know, it's way out there. I know. I know. Just watch out. Just watch out for the poo. poo That is so funny. That's a pretty bad low. Yeah, that's about though. How about you guys? So my low is I actually have, so we have our salon together in Salt Lake and I have a little salon room in my house. I just take a couple clients at like one day a week. Mm -hmm. And this last week, my salon room flooded and we couldn't figure it out for like 45 minutes. We could just hear the water running and we had shut our water off, but it was still going. And apparently our secondary water, so like our sprinklers, like a pipe runs through our house so we couldn't figure it out that it was a secondary water. Anyway, the salon room flooded, and that's what I've been dealing with. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you have to replace everything? Yeah. Well, so we just had, like, once we figured out what was causing it, we had to, like, cut out the ceiling and then replace a pipe. 
And then the floor is a little warped, but I think I can put a bench over it and hide it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So that was my definitely low. And my high would be... We actually, instead of having to call a plumber, we found a, a guy in our neighborhood as a plumber, and he gave us a great deal on coming to fix it. And we didn't know that he did that, so now we got surprise, a surprise. plumber. Yeah, that's going to give us a good deal every time. So I guess that would awesome. be my high. That's except a good for, score. That's a silver lining there. Yeah, <laughs> except for um, my dad went and looked at it, and he was like, oh, yeah, like he was like, let me just see what part we need. And so then he called her husband, and he was like, Oh, good news. Like, we can fix it easy. We can get this part. Did you know this? No. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, my dad was like, we can get this part. It's like $8 at Home Depot. Like, I can go get it and I can fix it. So it would have been an $8 <laughs> fix. So uh, you did get it cheaper, but like, you could have, you still paid You could have got it way cheaper. dollars <laughs> Oh, gosh. So I don't know if you knew uh, that, but. Yeah, and her charged. husband was like, oh, we just had someone come fix it. And my dad was like, oh, dang it. That was literally an $8 fix. Shoot. <laughs> uh, oh, man. House troubles. Okay. My low, I'll start. No, I'll start with my high. My high is that we upgraded to a king-size bed this week. And I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that's great. So much bigger. And especially being pregnant, I, like, sleep with. A thousand pillows. I have them all over me, and so it's good to have that extra room. <laughs> and then, Love. but I guess that could also be my low because now I'm like, holy cow! I have to buy new sheets, new comforter. It's like, dang expensive. So expensive. I, I mean, can you? Fit, I mean, oh, the thread count, and then because the king is always the biggest. Yeah, that's why we sleep on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sleeping bags. Yeah, they're great. I know. I get the same eye high. Oh, yeah, what's your high? Yeah, I get the same eye high. Now, this is what I'm actually, this is going to be like pandering here, I guess it's going to sound like. But I, for me, getting a chance to be on a podcast with you guys today, it's definitely going to be high. Actually, we actually also just did another podcast before you guys with Katie. I don't know if you know Life of KG, but she's in England, and we did her podcast. So today I get to do two podcasts back-to-back. Double and podcast double, yeah, double all the bonus. way. And that's just fun. I like to talk. I like to hang out with people. And so I'm, you know, it's just, for me, this is like a fun morning. He's glowing right now. You can't see it, but he's actually glowing. <laughs> so I can do this all the time. I can sit around all day and talk and hang out and talk shop. It's all, it's all good. I know. Podcasting is so fun. We're so glad we've done this because we're like, this is like the one, not, maybe not the one thing, but definitely one of the things in the business that's like, very rewarding and very fun the whole time. Like, yeah, it's, it's not. It doesn't feel like work. It's not <laughs> work. No. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's things you got to do, like edit the podcasting for us, whatever. But overall, it's just fun, and then getting it out there and then interacting with people. That's always fun, yeah. and and just talking about ideas. I just we love to talk about our industry and about what's going on and how like and hopefully we can contribute and improve it. That's just a fun thing to do. That's a sharpening feeling. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, before we get started, why don't you guys just kind of tell us about your podcast a little bit so that those listening know that there's other great Lash podcasts out there and they can go listen yeah. to them. Yeah. There's a bunch of us now. <laughs> our, our podcast is called Lashcast, and um, we have a co-host, and her name is Erica, and we worked together for years um, in the Shiny salon. person Erica? If no. you want. No, uh, it would be bad if you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's I just because your impersonations are the worst yeah, just, ever. 
No, no, they're the worst. But um, so we um, we talk shop. We we get real nerdy in into uh, uh, like the bonds, and we talk about customer service. Um, we best talk practices. about yeah, best practices. Yeah, we don't do. I I think it's almost like half and half. Half the time we do interviews, and the other half it's just us three sitting around talking about issues in our industry. Kind of like one of those morning shows you see where it's around talking shop. That's what we love to do. We like to talk about pretty much anything, everything from HR to lash bonds, the glue to customer service to, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's almost nothing that we won't talk about. In fact, I, I thought we'd run out of topics. I now have a Word document that literally has probably 50 ideas in it of different things we could talk about and it's like we'll never get to it it feels like it's not it's just but we like to share about things that um have been uh roadblocks and stumbling blocks in in our path that the lessons that we learned because we had to do it the hard way and we want other people to be able to learn um and not do it the hard way so yeah and another thing we really want to do more of which we haven't done we only done like think once is get people from outside of the last world i know you guys do you guys get other beauty mavens and such which i think is great what your podcast does get kind of a broader you know know that we're part a of bigger, a bigger club yeah. not just last professionals right yeah and i think for us we want to do something similar but not just with you know, beauty professionals but just business people and people who operate companies get them to come in and share their best practices because i think as you guys probably know and in our industry and we talk about this uh, a lot is that we don't most people don't know how to run a business in the last world. No, they were a single operator. <laughs> One day they woke up and they had employees. Yeah. They're like, what the heck? I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And so for us to be able to bring people and experts into that, to be able to speak into that, something that we really hope to see as a kind of a future evolution of our podcast where we can really help people um, learn more than just being great lash artists, but learn to be great business owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. We started following you around the time that you guys launched last launched Lash cast oh, <laughs> oh cool and yeah so we've been listening and we love it and it has so much value so for everyone listening Thanks. like if you like podcasts like this obviously you do because you're listening then you'll love their podcast um but you guys have gone through a lot of changes since throughout the year that we've been watching you and it's been really cool to see so can you just kind of give us a little recap of your story and some of the changes you've been going through this year yeah, this yeah, year was. I, was I grew about three inches in the last Is year. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you lost all your hair this year. Yeah, I lost all. I went bald. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, so, so silly. Um, yeah, we we had a a, a team. We had what, so thirteen people. Well, it, it, we went from twelve to fifteen. It just kind of depending on the time, the season, and the year. Um, as far as the staff, we had a salon for thirteen years. We ran Integrity Lash, and we closed in May. It was it, in May. Yeah, May fifteenth was the exact mm -hmm. day, and one month from tax day, mm -hmm. and it was that was it for us. We it's did just, our thirteen years. I did our time, and it was actually a great run. Really, overall, we're really grateful. It was probably one of the most. Actually, looking back at now and all the things like you read off, I'm very proud of the successes and the achievements and the recognition we got. It was not, not, it was very intentional. Like it yeah. didn't happen by accident. Most yeah. of those things that we did were like, we're going to do this. And then we created a strategy or a game plan on how to get there, whether it's being busy, whether it's changing over to team-based pay, to giving benefits and insurance and sick pay to our team, to 
winning awards for, you know, Salon 200, whatever it was. Teaching. Teaching. Giving them speaking opportunities. Yeah, we get their team got a chance to speak at trade shows and such. So we really, all that stuff kind of came together because we would plan. Now, we were, I wouldn't say we were like one of those people that like I planned a three-year plan and I put it on the wall and we had steps to each plan. It's like it was never that perfect. but They were looser, but yeah, it was definitely intentional. Um, we had been fighting a labor law um, dispute for about two years. Um, the dispute was about, um, unpaid breaks in California. You are required to pay. Um, I'm going to have you step in and say what it is. In California, you're required to pay for two 10 minute breaks. And if you don't pay for that, you have to pay them an hour, um, uh, basically our, um, penalty. Mm-hmm. So one hour pay if they miss one or both of their breaks. And if you and then accumulate. So over you know years, if you don't do that, they can sue you for every day they worked and they didn't get a break, which if you know some of the people that were in the lawsuit was like three years. So it adds up to thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of missed um, breaks. and and so it's very painful. So because of all that maybe we get a little bit later about the slum, we ended up closing the slum as a result of those bad mistakes on our part. And everything changed. So we had to move on to this new stage, which is really to focus on what we found a lot of joy in, which is the podcast and LashCon and training and teaching and hopefully sharing the horror stories and the the lessons learned to help other people so they can avoid those mistakes and help other salons to grow and be even bigger and better and do greater things than we were able to do in our 13-year run. Absolutely. Yeah, that is so crazy. I can't imagine dealing with that. But I just wants to show, like, uh, you guys have been in business for so long and running such, like, such an amazing bit. Like, we've heard all those awards you got, but even just those little things that maybe you guys probably didn't even know about can come back and bite you in the butt. It's, yeah, it's hard. You're, you're right on with that. It's, it's like what you don't know can hurt you. Um, We knew that we uh, were out of compliance about three and a half years ago, and uh, we, when we were first discovered, I mean, we always had breaks in the schedule, but we, but they weren't written in the schedule. They were more like, Hey, you should take a break. Like, so our, finish a little early and take your next client, maybe wait a few minutes. If you, if you don't have a natural break, just, you know, it's okay. The client waits three or four minutes while you go to the bathroom and get some food or something like that. Take so that was part of the, the policy, but it it's doesn't, policy. yeah, it's not, it's not the way it's supposed to be. So once we re- recognized, Oh, they, it has to be in the schedule and it, and, and, um, this is what the policy has to be. We told the staff, we said, we've been out of compliance and this is what we're changing to now. And, um, and that probably was a mistake to be so transparent and tell your team openly that we've not been obeying the law. And so, we, you know, if you leave disgruntled one day, you can sue mm-hmm. us on that. Uh, we didn't say exactly that way, but we did say we were out of compliance and we need to get our company into compliance. So we decided to start paying for breaks. And not only that, we put in the schedule four breaks so that people had to do it and we had to enforce it. So if someone yeah. didn't take a break, they'd have to let us know. And so that helped us get into compliance. It was too late. By that time, by the time one employee left back in 2017, she had at least a year and a half where she didn't have paid breaks and she was able to exploit that and, and able to get seven other people with her to jump on board too because the lawyer wanted a lot more people oh in the lawsuit made because this it time. increases the damages. Yeah, it increases mm-hmm. the damages and the claim. So there was enough people, and then they piled on. They had all sorts of other crazy things, like we should have paid them for when we took them out to um, 
the spa. The we spa took them to the day. spa. They weren't paid for going to the spa. We oh, we took them out to dinner. And yeah. We bought dinner and a show, and we should have paid, paid for them that for that. Uh, we got there were silly things they threw in there, but that's just normal when you get sued. They're gonna throw yeah. anything and everything they can into the lawsuit with hopes to, uh, you know, scare you and also run up the numbers so you eventually just pay them something. And so it, it was successful. It scared us, and and we were wrong in the missed breaks, and there were another couple little things that we were wrong on too, and we were open about them. We didn't fight it during the lawsuit. no. We we, we, like, we yeah, said this wrong. is this is where we're, you know, can we do a payment plan? Well, can, can we work out? A, yeah, or work out just a, what I would consider what is the true damages, not yeah. what you aspire to because you want to just get a lot of money because they think we're millionaires. But just here's yeah. if we could come up to something that's like reasonable to pay for your you know for your lost time and for those losses, and we'll do that. And there was just never any interest in that. It was all about, sadly, getting as much money as possible. And once the numbers came in, and there was no way we were going to be able to achieve those numbers or pay them the numbers they wanted or a payment plan that we were trying to get. We just said, you know what? Yeah. It's time to, they time they, to they wanted us to to learn a lesson, and indeed we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and, indeed we did. And if we were smarter and more savvy and more informed and understood labor law better, we would be in business today. But we didn't. And that's to our. That's and that's our fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. What life is. I mean, they thought we were insured. They thought we had a lot of money. Um, also saved away. <laughs> Neither of those were true. Um, we didn't have millions in the bank, and we also didn't have insurance. Labor law insurance. There, while you can get insured in most industries um, for labor disputes, you can't in the beauty industry. Insurance companies will not cover that because they know that salons are notorious for being out of compliance to labor law. And it's a huge liability for insurance companies, so they will not insure you if you are a, you know, if you basically run a last any salon. It doesn't matter what type of salon it is. You're uninsurable when it comes to labor disputes. So well, um, we learned that. One of the practices that we did um, was is called open book uh, management, and um, we shared with the team where the money was going, what the budget was, and it was, it, it was we we did that to help raise their. Um, financial literacy, their, um, their business acumen so that they could really understand and own where the money was coming from and what we needed to do to, as a company. And where it was going to. Yeah. And so even though we put that out there, they, they had a certain belief of what, what income we were, were doing yeah. and they didn't believe it. So there was, there was distrust. And I'm going to say that's probably, it's I mean, leadership that's, our that's our fault, right? I, mean, I think what happens in our industry, and you guys have probably dealt with this, where someone says, why should I give you fifty percent of what I make? Or why should I? Why should I yeah. uh, build your business? Yeah. You know, yeah. like like the barista that makes our coffee. Like she doesn't think as she's handing you the coffee, I should be making fifty percent of that latte there. You know, no, they yeah. they know that they're going to get paid at hourly or someplace to do commission, but they don't expect to take fifty percent or in some salons sixty seventy percent of the payroll is going to go to the employees and leave. As you guys know, salon owners. You cannot function on thirty percent overhead. Like no. I have thirty percent, they pay for everything else. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. No, no, it doesn't not. make sense. It's and that's just... why commission is so tough. And sadly, we have trainers in our industry right now in the United States, at least, who are going around telling people you should get seventy percent commission, or you should work for yourself. That's your option: seventy percent commission or work for yourself. And that's just baloney. I mean, it's, it's not good. Not it's not. And it's not serving anyone well no. because salon owners are not making that kind of money. They are barely getting by for the most part. Most salon owners I know barely pay themselves. In fact, they usually take pay cuts 
you know, when they take on staff, don't get paid increases, which is what the assumption is. And our staff thought that too. They yeah. just figured, oh man, if they get 50% of everything I'm making, then they're making, you know, there's 12 of us. So Tuscany's making easily $500,000 a year. And they just don't understand the numbers and what it takes to really run a business. And that's the hard part is that financial illiteracy that we have in our, in our industry where people don't understand numbers, don't understand money. And as a result of that, some are made, and that's what you know, happened with us. I think mm -hmm. we, so we had a lot more money than we did. And even though our salon was doing over a million a year, we weren't, you know, banking in three, four hundred thousand dollars in profits. Because we paid things like vacation and healthcare and yeah. you know yeah. we weren't commissioned, thankfully, but yeah. even then we still we were dealt we, we did a lot extra things outside the hourly pay and, and we had bonuses, we had vacation pay, we had sick days, we had uh, paid trainings, and we paid even when they came on staff, we paid people up to usually three months to train them before they'd be on the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good to hear because I know even when we were thinking about starting your salon, I remember thinking that like, okay, if we could have like four girls, you know, and if they could do a lash lift and tint in an hour and you pay them, you know, even 40%, that's, they make $40, we make $60, like, holy cow, we don't even have to be there. But then the reality is... <laughs> <laughs> that $60 is gone before you know it because you had to pay for the product. And there's so many costs that come with running and operating a business and a salon. And we we did a podcast at the end of last year because we were going through our numbers and seeing what we made. And we were like, wow, like if we would have just stayed by ourselves and booth rented, we would have made <laughs> So much money. <laughs> Completely. What were you thinking, right? Everything no. that we made went back into the business, which it's like, good thing we're passionate about it and we like the entrepreneur side. But I think too many times people think the next step is to start a salon or to, you know, they the, like to be successful, you have to open your yes. salon. But it's like, no, yeah. and you can make more money just being a technician. Than Completely. No, I mean, for Tustin, she got a pay raise when we closed the salon. Yeah. And it was a good one. And it's because we all of a sudden, she beforehand, and this is typical salon owner, she was working crazy hard to support everyone else so that yeah. they could get paid well. Yeah. And that was, and that's broken because why do you take on all the legal responsibility, all the, the lease responsibility, all the stress of lawsuits and, and, and problems with you know insurance and all the things that comes from managing the staff and you get paid less for all that yeah. that's the norm in our industry and that's not just less that's hair doesn't matter what industry part of the world it is it's just normal well simon senek he's one of our favorite thought leaders and he he often says um leaders eat last and uh, you know when when we were running the salon i never wanted to be the star i never wanted to be you know have my name you know uh, on the on the building because i knew that i wanted people to come and see my staff i didn't want them to just only see see me so it's like you you take a step back so that other people can can grow cuz you want to be a leader and you want to build up other people we had this romantic idea of growing people up in our company and one day them moving on and have their companies and we would have this legacy of saying, look, all these amazing lash companies and these people that came and been with us. Now, our thing, the only thing we ask is that stay with us long enough so that we can at least make it worth our while. Don't be here for six months and leave. Yeah. We really want, we want like a two-year commitment. Two years minimum and three, four, five years if we really build a good company, they'll stick around. I think our average employee stayed between two and a half, three years. But still, that said, it was tough that because that turnover is so painful. And I think with most salons, 
who have staff. It's not even two years. I think year to one year, two years is probably yeah. the max that most salons get before they start seeing that turnover. Because eventually, as many you guys have seen, employees look at you and go, why should I be building your business? I mm -hmm. should be getting all this money. And they, they think you're making millions. So they go off, they start their own, and they hire their first employee, and then they take a pay cut too. <laughs> and then they get it. Yeah, yeah, and, and then they get it. Oh, I'm so sorry for thinking you guys were stealing from me. I get it now. I get it. But uh, it's, it's not happened yet for us, but uh, one day. Yeah. Well, even just like with all your lawsuit, like owning a business, you are taking on all the risk. Like they're never going to have to deal with that as employees. You know? <laughs> yeah. But as an owner, you, you take on a lot of risk and, you know, you might be able to like slide by and, you know, something like that might not ever happen. But when it does, like that's huge. And, yeah, it's devastating. It, it is. And the people don't understand that risk is reason why you should get paid more. I mean, but often you don't. We take extra risk and we get paid less. And that's where it's broken. It's one thing to go to work every day and just think, oh, I get a paycheck. And, I, and they're bringing in the clients. They're providing the, the, the supplies. And they provide all the tools, everything they need to succeed. They train me. They invest in me. And I... Think I should get paid better than you, um, and it, or they think, or they think you're still getting paid better than them, and but yet you're taking the risk, and that's the sad thing as our as our business. Um, we but it basically we take all that risk and we take a huge pay cut, and I think we need to change that in our industry. If you're going to take the risk and you're going to take on all the responsibilities as an owner, it's not a, it's not evil to think you should be paid a little better and get rewarded for all that hard work, and that's mm -hmm. something that we just don't see in our industry. Most salon owners I know take pay cuts mm -hmm. and that's just sad and hopefully we'll change that with Lashcon and other business training and what you guys are doing creating awareness through your podcast hopefully we can get better leaders and, and grow people up and make people more well aware and also get this financial literacy thing. right yeah so, so people know what they're dealing with what reality is not what you think it is or what you think it should be yeah yeah that's good so what would you say to someone who is a, maybe a solopreneur maybe I don't know working at their house or working booth renting somewhere and they're wondering like if it's time maybe their books are full so they're wondering when is it time to hire someone mm -hmm. what would your guys's advice be to that well if you're busy enough first of all congratulations that's fantastic that you can even entertain that thought um we often think, oh, the next projection is just to, you know, hire somebody. That's, mm -hmm. but I, I'm going to encourage you to pause. I want you to pause and I want you to, um, do a real, um, evaluation. Yes. And you, and you have to really be honest with yourself. Okay. You have to say, do I like, um, being a leader? Uh, have I, I ever, leader, yeah. Ever. Have I ever been a leader? If I look at my past, I, I was never really like a leader. That's one of the reasons why I brought Paul on was because he had that administration, those, those skills. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, when I tried to do it myself, it was not, it was not good. Um, you have to say, you know, have I, have I ever led before? Have I ever, um, conflict? Mm -hmm. do I, uh, take the bull by the horns? Am I really direct when there's an issue that needs to be talked about? Can I, I like numbers? I like dealing with numbers and nothing to do with lashes. Right. Like, do I like working at contracts, reading things out, finding out what the law is? Um, if the answer to that is no, or, you know, oh, I can I love lashes. Yeah. If that's your answer. I just love lashes. 
then I think that you should stay doing the solopreneur thing. The you 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 can you're going to be a lot happier that way. Um, I mean, if you want, I, I think the big thing is if you're busy and you're thinking about hiring, if you really don't mind doing lashes too, you have to realize you're going to have to move into that stuff that is non-lash related now. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, well, no, that's what I do. I, every day I wake up, I'm so excited to see my clients. I just want to get, I just can't take the demand. I have so many people. I just need to take care of them. Well, then raise your prices, guys. That's yes. when you raise your prices. You don't wait. You don't raise your prices because you got a certificate. You don't t- you raise your prices because uh, someone told you you should on Instagram. You raise your prices because your books are full and you can't get anyone else in. That's when you go, okay, I guess I'm going to need to shed some clients. I'm going to raise my prices. And then if they keep coming, raise your prices again in six months. If they keep coming, raise them again. We did four prices increases in two years and doubled our rates during that time. Mm-hmm. So people, if you're doing good work, people will stay. They'll people stay, will stay. In there. So don't. That's really what you should first be looking at. Is maybe you should be charging more. Now, if you've been a leader and if you love not doing, if you love doing other things other than lashes and you love um, confronting people, by the way, because you're going to have to do that as a leader. You have to a confront lot. people a lot. To hold people accountable. See, see. Yeah. You hate that, by the way. Do Avoid not, conflict. do oh, not, don't hire do not do that. It, oftentimes we think, oh, I just need a clone of myself. If I can just get a clone of myself. And when I first started, I looked for all the things. They turned out to be the wrong things, but I wanted somebody who was a self-starter that I didn't have to yeah. uh, train to to know how to have those people skills and that dressed appropriately and had style. And um, they were a business owner themselves. Basically. Yeah, but you know, but I didn't want to take away from my work, and that's what you have to do as, as a as an owner, uh, as a as an employer. You ha- how do you think that they're going to become a clone of you without? pouring into them. You have to invest. In them you have to invest. Otherwise, they're going to have that thought, why should I be doing this? You don't give anything to me. And, and rightfully so. I mean, when we first started, yeah. I mean, back 10 years ago, Tussie didn't do anything for them. And why should they stay? Because you're not investing at all in them. You're not training. You're not equipping them. You're not inspiring them. You're not empowering them. You're just basically, in their minds, taking from them. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of what it is. That's, that's kind of what, what it is. was. So yeah. You really, if you're ready now to make other clones of yourself, invest in other people, and really pour your life into others, then you should be considering hiring that employee. You have to be able to problem solve. You have to be able to communicate how it is that you do lashes. And if you've only done it yourself and you've never actually taught somebody else, it's going to, it's a completely new muscle for you. Mm-hmm. So if you've never done that, you think you're going to have to like create curricula. You're going to have to, um, you know, from everything from like how to even just pick up the tweezers, but just even how you appear, like what, what you're going to wear, you're going to have to have those conversations with people because not everyone has the same background and what you consider, you know, wear, wear a professional dress. We had people that worked in, in, in a strip club before. So when I asked them to wear a dress, they came in with a stripper dress, you know, with stripper heels, but that was nice in her mind, you know? And so it's like, you can't assume that everyone has that same background and you have to, you have to be able to talk to people in a way that's not going to make them feel diminished. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, okay. So that's really good advice. And I think that (laughs) is like, it's just, I, I, I hope it's eye opening for people. Um, okay. So now say someone has a team of employees. What, what were you guys doing to keep your girls or your employees motivated? Um, whether it was to rebook or to stay their whole shift if they didn't have clients or, you know, any of those things, like what are some, 
tips for someone who has employees to keep them motivated and to, to build that yeah. brand loyalty? In a nutshell, the, the, the answer for us was team-based pay um, because that the team-based pay is, is not just the pay structure, it's the culture. And systems. it's systems. Can you so explain you mentioned, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, explain what team-based pay Yeah. yeah. So team-based pay, or I, we like to call it team-based culture, um, is really a whole slew of systems. As you guys know now as, as salon owners too, is if you don't systematize it, then it's not repeated, right? It's not going to be done the way you want it. It's going to be just done whatever way the employee thinks it should be done. Yes. So you have to create systems, say, hey, when we greet a guest, this is how we greet this a guest. This is how you do this it. This is how we answer the phone. This is how we put them into the bed. This is how when they get up, this is what we do when we're done with the appointment. This is what we say. Everything has to be thought out. And, and modeled. Down and mo but not just modeled, written down, and then mm -hmm. communicated to the new employee. So what strategies did, which is the company came up with team-based pay, is come up with a whole bunch of systems that they teach you how to implement into your company so that you can get control of your company. Because most salon owners or accidental salon owners mean that they started as a lash stylist and then one day they woke up and they have a company of people and they don't know what they're doing and they just kind of winged it. And so what strategies does is they come alongside and say, okay, they're there, it's okay, I know the ship is burning and the world seems like a very dark place to live in, but we're going to give you all the tools you need. So. First, it starts with getting control of your budget because most salon owners, again, don't know how to budget or control their finances in any way. They just look at their checkbook and go, hey, I got money. I guess I can buy stuff. I yeah. think it's time to hire somebody yeah. because it feels like I need some extra help. I want to be rich. So I've been told I have to have tons of employees and I'll be rich. And so, no, none of that works. So yeah. what you do is you, you begin to learn how to budget. You learn how to charge correctly also you really charge by the hour all of us do most of us don't we're selling time, we not, sell time not yeah not it's hair not lashes not skin we sell time now during that time we do a service but we have to know what our cost per hour is and then once you figure out your cost per hour then you can figure out what you should charge per hour and then once you understand your budget then you can budget accordingly you can actually with team-based pay because it's hourly plus bonus so it's not commission not booth rental, you're paying everyone an hourly, you can actually line item your payroll. Like, you know, okay, I have, this employee is going to work 160 hours. They make $21 an hour, so they're going to cost me whatever that would be per month. I know exactly what that is, and I also know I'm going to sell 160 hours this month because we're 95% busy. I sell 95% of all the hours this person does, so I charge, let's say, $81 per hour. I can multiply that by the amount of hours she works and then divide it by that 95%. I know exactly how much revenue she's going to bring in. And then I can begin to create a budget from that. And that allows you to control things so that you don't go out and buy things you shouldn't buy. And you don't go out and get crazy because you had a big day. Like, oh, my gosh, we brought in $5,000 today. Let's go party and blow it all. And during Christmas, it, it, when we didn't know what we were doing, we sold a ton of gift cards. And we're like, yeah, look at all this money. And then we went and spent it. And then people come in using those gift cards and we're like, we have no money. What are we going to do? You know, but, um, you, you think that's like a no brainer, but like if we didn't know how to project our cash flow, uh -huh. yeah. um, so strategy really helps you to get cash flow management under control. And then they give you systems on how to, um, basically train your staff. They give you systems on communication. So you learn how to do one-on-ones every month. You have team meetings monthly, you have quarterly reviews, like, um, most salons never do reviews. I mean, I interviewed hundreds of people in the 
the years. And I was asked, so tell me a little bit about your reviews and what you would hear from your employers. And I almost 100% of the time, like, I've never had a review. Right. And I'm like, really? Okay, that's not good. You should have a review. I mean, once a year is not enough because you really can't stay in touch with someone once a year or you've got a year of downloading that's going to yeah, overwhelm them. Like, uh, let me tell you back in January what you did wrong here. It's like, no, no. No, you no. Need, like every Fast, few months. Quick. You, should you do be, not keep a laundry list. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. keep a laundry list. So every few months, sit down with them, go over the numbers. And uh, also, strategy teaches you numbers, like what to track so you know whether you're doing well or not, like pre-book, uh, retention rates, productivity. These type of things are really important to understand so that you can predict, again, cash flow well because you know how many people are going to rebook. And that's how you, by the way, when you have these numbers, now you have targets that you can tell your staff, hey, guys, we're trying to get to this level. We're going to try to get this benchmark. And now just telling them is not enough. Like often it's easy to tell people, hey, just sell more. Yeah. And you're like, you know, like, well, yeah. how? You know, it's not enough. Like, hey, okay, great. So you sold, you know, $1,000 last month. So next month, you just go for 11, not 100 or 1200. And the employee's like, ah, I'm feeling so stressed. That's not, it's not, that's not really leadership. Just telling people, go get this or go do that. Leadership is saying, how can I now empower you or equip you so that you can get that 1100, that 1200 a month? Yeah. It's about trying to walk alongside with them and find where their, their weaknesses are and then coaching them and training them, saying, okay, you know what? I watched how you did that checkout. And if you notice, we have a system now when you go over there, you, you tell them what you did. And then you recommend like you don't ask them, would you like to book your next appointment? You say, let's book your next appointment. You asked about pre-book. And so, um, that's one of the things that we chart, um, that, so that we, that's a benchmark for them so that we can, when we have a one-on-one, we can say, this is how you're doing with your pre-book, uh, or this is how you're doing with your productivity. You ask like, how, how can we get them to stay for, for their shift? We talk about the productivity. If they leave, they're not being productive. Right. So they're also with us because they're hourly. Um, you're paid for every hour you're in the salon. When you're commissioned, you're not. Yeah. So it's very hard to motivate a, a commission employee because they're not being paid. In fact, they want to go back to the break room and complain and bitch about other things because they have two hours between two clients. So yeah. that's never good. So the nice thing about hourly plus bonus is that they are paid for every hour. So one, we were always very busy. But if they did have a downtime, we would have a chore list of side jobs they could do to help out, where it's entering data in the computer, cleaning. Um, to clean up their station, maybe writing letters to clients, whatever it was they could do. They had things to do during that downtime. And it was always not easy to do because sometimes, you know, certain seasons that if we had a little slower period, it would be hard. But we still, um, you do that by paying them for everything. So you don't have to feel bad. Like, I know it's easy to feel guilty to ask someone to work for free. Well, they'd be like, what, you want me to work for free? You want me to sweep this floor? I'm not paid to sweep the floor. I'm paid to do lashes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you, it becomes this adversarial thing. So we created, or not we created, but we uh, set up the system so that everyone is focused on growing the salon. And we have these benchmarks and we have systems in order to implement them and track them. And that's what's, what team base payer culture is all about in the end is it systems and i think every salon would benefit every owner out there would benefit greatly by learning how to look at this it's different it's scary i admit it is a lot of work to be a team-based culture or team salon it means you're going to work harder than you did before mm-hmm. it just it's a higher calling but the rewards are better too because you actually get control of your business you actually have a team that works together they get paid for every hour they're there they want to be there and they get more motivated as a result of that i've heard some people who are outside say, oh, if, if they know they're going to get paid, then they just don't try. It's like communism. Like, they don't have to work. They just get paid no matter what. It's like, no, it's not true because you're having those month, those quarterly reviews, and you won't get that next pay raise 
if you're not doing good work. If you're slacking, well, as a leader, your job is to sit alongside, walk up them, say, hey, you know what? You're missing the benchmarks. Hey, no, you're not really trying or you've been calling sick a lot. So unfortunately, you really, at some point, you're going to let them go, which is, again, if you're, if you don't like leadership or don't like being a boss, and get what, you're going to have to fire people at some point yeah. if you want to be a good boss. And not that that means that's a market, but you have to be willing to get people's face and, and hold them to the fire if you yeah. want to be a good leader. And so that's that's tough. That's mm-hmm. really tough. And so I, I just lost my train of thought as I was going on that. Maybe you can pick up from where I was going. No, that uh, I had something to say, but I forgot. Oh, anyhow, in the end, it's all about, I think, um, empowering your team, but it's going to be more work and it's going to take more. Oh stuff. yeah. I'm so, not doing a good job selling team. No, no, no. Basically you're, because you're on the hook for it, because you're paying your staff for every hour that they're there, you're really tied into the productivity of it. So if you don't, if that uh, stylist does not have clients, you're going to do everything you can to make sure that they're generating income. Yeah. So you, you're really at the helm, you're conducting and you're, uh, really trying to motivate people, um, to, to participate. And other team members will do the same because they all realize their pay is connected to everyone being busy now. When you work for yourself commission, you don't care if anyone else is busy. If you're busy, you're going to make plenty of money yourself. Who cares? The hell with the rest of the team. But when you realize, crap, my next pay increase is based upon everyone in the salon being busy, you're going to refer friends. You're going to say, hey, I have, if you're fully booked, you'll say, hey, you know what? Next time your friend wants to come and see me, I'm, I'm going to refer you to Sally because she can take care of it. She's newer. She's great, though. She's been trained. Don't worry. She'll do great lashes. But you can try to you know, get them on board. It's it helps a, build up your team quicker that way. It's yeah. a beautiful thing when people actually buy in because you see them going, saying, oh, I really want this new person to succeed. So you see them spending time with them, growing them, nurturing them. You see them coming to – you know, they would come to us and say, you know, can't we switch to this kind of uh, gel? pad because it's a little bit cheaper the newer people can't do you know they, they would be trying to figure out ways to save money and it was like oh my gosh this is wonderful that's exactly yeah. what we're going they for because uh-huh. they realize the bottom line now means they get profit more too because as a company grows makes more money everyone else gets more money so it's a whole change of mindset where normally most people think about themselves only but when you get to team-based pay which is why it's called team-based is you start actually thinking about the team and everyone wins and also, you have to have arguments over like front desk when someone checks out and buys product. The front desk—that was my sale. My sale. <laughs> I get commission on that product. Well, guess what? No one gets commission here, so everyone wants to sell. So front desk is supporting now the the the, the technician and trying to upsell and get more product in because they all know if the salon gets more money and we meet our financial goals also on product sales, there's more pay for everyone. So it, it's a so the front desk helps. Uh, validate the sale to the customer um, because they want the, the customer to, to buy more and feel good about the purchase and yeah. not return it. And so that's a, this is a long answer. Yeah. No, I think see. it's, I think a lot of, I mean, I never heard about team. I never had heard about team based pay until I started listening to you guys and to your podcast and your mm-hmm. Instagram and everything. So I think the long answer was needed because I'm sure that a lot of people don't know what it is. But I'm so excited because didn't you say that Strategies, the company, is going to be at LashCon? Yeah, yes, they sure are. Our coach and Michael Yost. Michael Yost are both there. Two guys are awesome. They've been doing this for 25 years as a company. So they know Coaching their stuff. salons. It's been tested and proven. It's not this new idea. I know it's new to a lot of people. Go, oh, this seems really weird. It's kind of scary. It's like. Guys, it's been around a long time. By the way, hourly plus bonus is kind of like how 98% of all the businesses run. Yeah. Very few companies <laughs> run on a 100% commission model. Yeah. So it's very unusual, actually. In Our some, industry is just broken, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> broken in that sense. So 
they're going to be there teaching a couple classes, and we're going to have a panel. And on that panel, uh, Shelby from Last Boss Radio, who also converted to team-based pay last year, she's going to be there sharing her experience, as well as Gloria from Beverly Hills Lashes, and another friend of ours, Claudia, who runs a nail and spa. Uh, she's going to be there, and also Valerie um, mm-hmm. from Valora. So we have like four, three salons. are all team-based pay salons, as well as us. We used to be. And hopefully there'll be a great chance for you to dig in deep, ask questions, and learn what it is and how I think this is the thing that can really change our industry for the better and make people better leaders, better business owners, and make people actually want to work in salons versus right now everyone seems to only want to work for themselves. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's it, There's systems that have already been proven. Yeah. So what can people expect at LashCon besides that awesome panel that we're all excited about? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they're going to expect to see you guys, right? You're going to be there we'll be teaching there. Uh, about branding, which I think um, you guys have done a great job with everything you do. Uh, love you watching know. your journey with all that. So, yeah, we'll be having this huge panel of people teaching basically three different ca- – we have three – what do you say? Why don't points. you share the, 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 the structure of the yeah. – this is going to be a little bit different. Like most conferences you go to for last conferences, you show up and you're in a room all day with all the same speakers, not the same speakers, but all the speakers, and they'll talk about, you know, last technique. They'll um, give hints about then, their technique. Yeah, they'll give, yeah. you know, like general, like tease you with things. And then they'll say, if you want more, take my class, take my class afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. or they'll t- t- teach you about Instagram. Like the million, there's a million Instagram experts out there. And that's why everyone will teach about us how to use Instagram. And, and actually, sadly, a lot of times these people are trainers who they're, they've built a following that's purely other lash artists. They don't actually know how to reach clients, like yeah. people, like regular people. That's a different nut. That's a much more difficult nut to, cra- um, to crack because finding clients on Instagram who are just looking for lashes is not an easy thing. And for us, we found that easily 95% of all our clients either came from referral or from Yelp. That's where everyone came. We got very few people through um, through Instagram or Facebook. People would go to Instagram to verify it, but they wouldn't actually find us through Instagram. But let me get back to get back. To, to LashCon. So we have set this up really to be a very practical, hands-on experience where you're going to walk away with hopefully 30, 40 practical things that you can do to improve your business today. Not something like team-based pay. That's a big change. Yeah. And we're going to have it there, we're, but that's not an easy change. Actually, like, we don't recommend that you, you take a, it, do, do it. it. Yeah. No, you got to really plan this one out. Like yeah. Six months to a year long journey of change and slowly transition. If you want to do it right. But, team, but we hope to bring us a lot of just practical things you can do tomorrow. Like you'll come to this conference and on Tuesday when you get home, you can start this and you can add this and you try this. And it's going to be very required. Every speaker to give at least minimum three things that people can do right now to improve their business. And then we also have three tracks. So while we have our main plenary session where a lot of people are getting together. Where everyone normally does. We're going to do that in the morning on the first day. And then in the afternoon, we're going to have three breakout sessions. And if you haven't been to a breakout session, that's basically where you get to pick and choose what you want to learn versus just sit in the room and being told what you have to learn. So so there's a grand menu, and then you get to pick. It's like customizing your own pizza, right? Yeah, customizing <laughs> pizzas, but business training here. So there's three tracks. There's a business track, there's a marketing track, and then there's a slot owner's track. So no matter where you are in your last journey, you can pick what you need. So if you're lacking marketing skills, there's going to be great stuff like what you guys are doing with the branding. And then Jamie's going to be teaching about Instagram. We have another person teaching about influencer marketing. 
and another person talking about paid advertising marketing, which I don't think a lot of people realize that's really how you're effective online through social media is through paid advertising. Yeah. Because uh, there's no organic search anymore in Instagram or Facebook. So paid advertising is how you're going to get new clients. So all that's going to be the marketing track. Then we're going to have the business track. That's going to be some of that's going to be about team building, about how to price correctly, how to create a wow experience, customer service focus. And then there's the third track, which is a Sloan owner track. And there we're going to be talking about what it means to be a Sloan owner. We're going to have some panels. You're going to talk about team-based pay in that one. You're going to learn about what numbers to track as a Sloan and so forth. So those three tracks will be on the first day. And then on the second day in the morning, we'll have three more sessions. And then in the afternoon on the second day, we'll have one plenary session where we have a couple of amazing speakers coming in um, for the big stage. And so it's going to be a very different feel if you've been to the last conference because this is going to be business focused. It's not going to be no last technique, guys. So if you're coming to learn about lashes, this is the one conference not to go to actually. But there will be vendors there. There's like a we'll have a little marketplace where people yeah. can, you know, interact with their favorite brands and that that kind of thing. But again, the focus is about the business. And um, he was talking about the uh, business salon owner track. You don't have to yet be a salon owner to take that. It, no. If you are planning on it, if you're thinking about, oh, I'm gonna, I want to hire people, you should take that track because it's going to equip you or give you some of the the layout of the things that you need to know before you you jump in. Yeah. We're going to share our system of how we hire people. We have like an eight-step process to hiring. It wasn't just something like you interview someone like most salons I know. You know, interview someone and then, yeah, you're hired. That's it. I mean, it's like it's a very simple process. But you're going to end up allowing a lot of the wrong people into the company if that's your process. So you need to really be systematized even the hiring process. So we're going to share how we did it and all the steps we did because by the end, even though we got closed because we got sued, we actually, the last two years, were a very drama-free salon. We had a great great. group of gals. Everyone was motivated. Everyone was engaged because we finally had figured out it only took us eight years to hire the right type of person. But it's, it's not an easy thing to do, and it doesn't happen to get by accident. It's intentional. You have to be very purposeful. So they have, that's LashCon. I think it's going to be a groundbreaking thing for our industry and hopefully something that it will be – we're expecting two to 300 people right now. And next year, I think it will even be bigger because I think everyone's going to walk away with so much information. And already we have people flooding us with requests to speak. And we're like, we're like, guys, I can't have 50 speakers, sorry. But, you know, we're lining up for next year and we'll bring not just speakers from the last industry, but we're really focusing on bringing speakers from the beauty industry and from other businesses so that we have some outside expertise too. Well, one of the reasons why we're doing that is because our um, industry, Lashes, is, is relatively new, right? It's in yeah. its baby stage. So we don't have a lot of uh, resources or experience to pull from. But we do have a sister uh, industry, the hair, hair and nails, beauty. Uh huh. And uh, we can pull from that. Yeah. So who are some of the speakers that are going to be at this event? Yeah, one of the guys, I mean, probably the speaker that's going to blow everyone away that people don't know, his name is Lance Courtney. He is an amazing speaker who we first saw at Serious Business in New Orleans um, um, like two, three years mm-hmm. ago. And he gives by far the best front desk talk. Oh, his ever front seen. desk system is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's inspiring. It's going to, if you have staff, and if you have a front desk, this is going to take you to a whole new level. Because he's going to teach you how to think about the front desk as an income generator. Yeah. A lot, you know, all the appointments come through that, a retail sales come through that. And if you can systematize and motivate your front desk staff, it can actually be an arm that is generating finance. Uh, most clients, it's not a lost leader. Oh, my front desk. I don't even need a front desk. Yeah. Or I don't want front desk because it costs me too much. 
He's going to show you how you can turn that around and make it into a profit uh, center for you. That's a breakout session he's going to be teaching. And then he's going to be teaching also a session about best practices from million-dollar salons, top salons, and sharing some of the secrets of what they do and how they get to that level. And that's going to be in the main plan, um, plenary session. At the, the, he's our final speaker, actually. So he's going to be there. Sheila Bella is another person I'm excited to have on board. If you guys haven't been following her, she's in the Pretty Rich Podcast. She's in the PMU universe. So, again, we're pulling from outside the last world. Yeah. She's got a great following, really inspirational. She's a firecracker. firecracker. Yeah, she's so she <laughs> knows marketing like oh other. yeah because if, if you guys i don't know if you guys have anyone say does um you know microblading but microblading you get a client once a year you know there's no returning client like every two three weeks it's once a year and she built a very successful company just on one year appointments there's only one way you can do that and that's through marketing you're not going to do that with repeat clientele you're going to do that because you knew how to market and get people in your store. And so she's going to be sharing some of her secrets of how she did that. So we're really excited about that. Jamie from Lash Face is going to be there. Super excited Jamie. about Jamie from over in England. So we can have some cool accents at our, at our show. And so Jamie's going to be there. He's going to be teaching that also about what he knows Instagram, which is going to be great. Strategies, our coaching company we worked with. We don't work for them, but we were they were our coaches are gonna be there teaching about team based pay. Sassy lashes. Sassy lashes from Las Vegas is gonna be here. Mike. If you guys aren't following them, they have a great podcast too called Sassy Podcast or Sassy Lashes, I think. Podcast. Yeah. And uh, Mike and Sean are gonna be here. They're gonna be on a couple panels because we also have a panel about what it means to run multiple locations. Sassy has I think three going on four locations. So they're gonna share the struggles and the pain points of what it means to run more than one salon. Because that's not I mean it's hard enough running one. I can't imagine running three or four, to be honest. That's, mm -hmm. That is really a tough thing to do. They're going to be sharing some of their experience on how they do that. And I can keep going on. I feel bad. Shelby from Last oh, Boston yeah. Radio is going to be there. And, Bonnie. And Bonnie Conti, um, who is a friend of ours, who's on the board of uh, directors for the, the PBA. The PBA, the Professional Beauty Association. She's going to be speaking and on the main stage as well as a breakout session and so forth. We had, like, I think, a total of 29 presentations and over 25 different speakers well, and then panels. If we look on your website, don't you you have everybody on there too? So you yes, can get everything's there now. In fact, the classes are there too. Beforehand was just like a generic list, but now the classes the are on. Next so schedule of all the titles, and then the next thing which I'm trying to get done this week will be a description for every class. So we will get that online by the end of this week, is my hope. So you can actually look up and say, oh, that sounds like a cool class. I want more details then they can go to the list and look up that class and get the exact, hopefully, a little bit more uh, nuts and bolts on what they're going to get into. They can build their pizza. Yeah, they can build their pizza <laughs> before they get there. Listen, I'm so excited. Like, I am I told, I keep telling Maddie, I'm like, I'm almost sad we're speaking for one of the hours because then we're going to be missing the classes. Like, it's going to be so, so good. But didn't you say, or I was looking on your the website, with the VIP ticket. Mm-hmm. What do you yes, there's a yeah, benefit. This is a this yeah. Why everyone should be getting VIP, you know, we don't have as many VIP tickets available as business tickets. But VIP will give you the recording at the end of the whole thing. So, because like so I said, cool. we have three tracks. So, you're not going to really go all three tracks unless you have two of you, you know, your twins and triplets, you can split apart. But you're going to be able to pick one. So, if you want to get all the recordings and listen to all the classes and go back too and take better notes, maybe. Or maybe you're not one of those people that likes to take notes when you're in the first time around. You're just like, you just want to listen. Well, take buy the first 
the, the VIP ticket because we will send, when this is all done, we're going to send a link with all the recordings and then you can basically go and listen for the rest of the year and go back and refresh up. It'll be 29, 30, 40 hours of content uh, that you can take and learn and all that. What's <laughs> I just, I just remembered something um, about uh, Allie. She's going to be there from Lash Anarchist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to. And, 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 and Lash Bomb too. Yeah. Lash Bomb's going to be there. Party. Well, that's what I wanted to share is that we're going to have a couple photo booths, but they're going to be hosted by the sponsors. And we have a little contest for which one has the best one. I mean, if it, if you guys came to the um, Las Vegas uh, show, IBS, it was so much fun in terms of all the parties that were hosted and we're kind of hoping to recreate that vibe and, yeah. and we've got, you know, Lash Bomb and Lash Anarchist. They're going to host a party on Saturday night. We're looking for someone to step up and host a party on Sunday night. Um, hey, Barbara Lana, I think you guys should do it too. I'm just telling Kim right now. She should just, hey, Kim. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we're hoping someone else will host a party on Sunday night. And we'll just see where it goes from there. Because I think one of the most fun things about going to trade shows or conferences is actually what you do after the show is over. It's just hanging out with people, yeah. finding new friends. Um, I think a lot of people feel like they can't hang out with people in their local city because there's a competition. But when you're at a trade show, no one's your local competition. They're, they're from Boston. They're from all over the place. So you can hang out with these people, make some friends. And, uh, and people are friendly. You know, I – you would think that people would be, I don't know, more standoffish because you see them online and they're so beautiful. And But people are so um, encouraging and um, wanting connection. I think it makes everyone open. And so when you see somebody come up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've been a fan forever. It's like, yes. It's just like it's a warm embrace. Yeah. I think our community. Yeah. Everyone wants that networking community experience. And yeah, you're going to get it at the last con. You will. That's, that's a big part of it. We're really trying to make the networking and that part, a big part of why you go. It's not just about learning. It's about walking home and, and leaving there with a bunch of new friends. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this can become a yearly gathering. We get together once a year and get to hang out, learn some new stuff, party a little bit and have some fun. Yes, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for doing this because I can't imagine planning an event this no. huge. That's, yeah, yeah I, I can understand the no sleep. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've never, we've never planned anything that big. But even just with our summits, like, it's so oh, much yeah. work. So, and that was 25 people. And you're doing, what, yeah. 300? Yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're aiming, aiming for that, yeah. yeah. Right now, I think we're about a little past a third of the way there. Mm -hmm. So, we're still working. I mean, if we're really, you know, if we get 200, we'll be happy. It's the first year. Yeah. Uh, if we get 200, that'd be a great start. We would love 300. That's the, that's the ideal goal. That's our target. But we also realistic that most conferences are like 80 to 120 people. Yeah. So for us to get 200, we'd be, I think, killing it. So we're we're at that over the 100 mark, 100 yeah. mark at this point. Now we just have to just keep uh, building on momentum. And there's still time. It's only it's like 79 or 80 days to the conference. So there's plenty of time to buy tickets. And they're still at a lower price point right now before the prices go up soon. I don't know if this podcast will air, but whatever it is, you know. There's a there's there's time, so don't. I hopefully it won't air this in October. <laughs> It'll be in the next week or two. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so we can get people to get their tickets because it's it's yes. gonna be so good. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Well, today's episode was amazing. Thank you for sharing everything you guys shared. I wish we had five more hours to go <laughs> into details, but I mean, I, I just, guess that's what Lashcon will be. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we'll get hours and hours to sit around, hang out, and hear other people other than me. I, I just want to 
give you guys a, a sincere thanks. I mean, you've been so encouraging and generous with your um, engagement. It's just, it, it feels really warm. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was great to have, you know, get the hear, or last week we got to hear your story and all the things going with you, which was great. But it is very nice for you to open that and extend that to us, have a chance to share some of the things we're passionate about and things that we hope to see grow in our industry and be different and all that. So, um, yeah, this has been awesome. Hopefully we'll do it again sometime and Again, have you guys back too, of course. Yeah, yeah well, thank, thank you guys for taking time to come on our podcast. It was so, such valuable information. And it was very different than, like, things we've talked about in previous episodes. So I think people will find a lot of value in today's episode. So thank you so much. Where can Absolutely. Everyone, where can everyone find you guys on Instagram? Yes, um, we have now basically two places, at Lashcast Podcast. So go there, find us, love uh, love the love, follow us. And then secondly, we, now we have LashCon has its own page, and that's Lash.con, because LashCon was taken. Someone else <laughs> got it. I couldn't get it. But uh, So you can find us there. Also, you can find us on our online at – we don't have anything for LashCast, but for LashCon, you go to www.lashcon.com. So you go there. You can find all the information you need for the, um, for the trade show or for the conference and all the speakers, everything, pricing – links to tickets and so forth. And then also I love it when people email me, you can email me directly at Paul at integritylash.com. That'll change someday, but for now I'm using our old email. For you now, can DM. You can DM us too. And we love to answer questions and we help people out all the time as much, as much as we can. And we're here to serve the community and help it uh, be a better place. Yeah. You guys are doing awesome at that. So thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah. So everyone go make sure you check them out, check out LashCon and we we hope to see everyone at LashCon because we want to meet everyone, too. So, Absolutely. Come on out to LashCon. It'll be fun. Yes, it'll be so fun. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. XO Beauty Mavens.